ain't no one if he's here With some not so nice advice for your writing career To be clear, no punches will be pulled But the punch may be spiked How they like before they get on the mic To my left we got the mighty Mer Lafferty And if I piss her off, believe me, she'll come after me And her co-host met Evan Wallace On the right, yes, she may be half as hype But she can take him in a fight So settle in, folks, buckle in and boot up Time to meddle in a way to make your writer shut up It's hard work, but the perk is that it's fun and exciting Facebook will still be there when you're done writing Ditch Diggers! to you live from the brand new film studio inside the Ditch Diggers Manor. It is the Ditch Diggers with Mer Lafferty, Matt Wallace, and special guest Claire Rousseau. How are you guys? Great. I'm doing good. Hi. Uh, I'm stoked to have Claire on the podcast. We've been wanting to do this for so long. I know. It's been a, it's been a long time. I've known Claire for, for years, and uh, she's been a prominent booktuber who is now... You announce it, Claire, because it's just... I want to hear it from your your lips. Uh I believe they call it Hugo Finalist. That's right. That's what they call it. Congratulations. <laughs> and I know you've been working to get booktubers uh, attention in the Hugos because you do a lot of what we do. You just do it on video, so you got to look good while Matt and I can be sitting here in our pajamas, and maybe we even are right now. Well, the thing is, we only have to look good, like, on the top half. Like, we have to do our hair and a little bit of makeup and have, like, interesting shoulders. But then you can be in your pajama <laughs> pants. I really, <laughs> really, really want to unpack interesting shoulders. Interesting shoulders may be one of the best, most intriguing phrases to ever be uttered on this podcast. And yes. I think interesting shoulders could be its own philosophy slash lifestyle. It could be its own podcast. It'd be a, a new t-shirt for you guys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> First t-shirt of this episode for sure, Claire. Uh, well, the, the thing that I mean is that if you're recording yourself, you have to see like, you know, how you're going to frame yourself and uh, how, you know, I don't know. A lot of people do it differently and stand further away or closer to the camera or whatever. I like to have like my shoulders and my face in frame for multiple reasons. Uh, and so I know that if I wear something like really light colored because I'm very pale, it completely washes me out and it looks bad when I'm later trying to like color grade or whatever. So just wear a black shirt anyway, because that way I can put out videos in whatever order that I filmed them and people don't know. Look at this tricks to the trade we're already getting just within the first five minutes of this episode. I'm loving it. I know. Um, well, let's let's do a quick catch up. Uh, last week, we did not have a podcast to send out to people because we actually tested uh, Crowdcast to see if we could do a live video thing for our Patreon supporters, and they got to watch us fumble around and then do the podcast and then we got to fumble around a little bit more when I accidentally disconnected myself twice not just once but twice but uh, we, we got the we got the hang of it and we did not put out a podcast for everybody last week so we can do it in the future but uh, how's everything going Matt oh you know just yeah. uh, drinking pretty heavily and uh, not writing as much as I should be Oh, All we're right. recording. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I lost the plot there for a second. No, everything's great, Mark. Everything's fantastic. 
No, everything's good. Uh, very excited to have Claire on the show and talk BookTube. And uh, all things are progressing as they should be. It's uh, it's hard to be insular right now and live in my little cloister with everything happening in the world. And I'm best when I can just wall myself off from reality entirely. And that's very hard to do these days. That is true. What about you? You had a pretty big event. I had a pretty, pretty big event. My daughter uh, graduated from high school. And that was both monumental and very interesting because it being the years of, of COVID and, and lockdown and all the bad stuff, um, we had a drive-through graduation. And we basically thought that would be pretty lame. And it kind of was. I mean, we couldn't have any of the grandparents come visit. Uh, none of her, like her godfather couldn't be there. It was just basically, as they said, one car, as many people as you can safely fit in it. Um, <laughs> can be in it, but... And then it was, uh, but a lot of people decorated their car. We didn't think to do that. We decorated our mailbox so people driving by our house could see, but we didn't decorate the car. But um, a lot of people did, and we met up with one of Fiona's friends beforehand and took some socially distant appropriate pictures. Uh, basically, they were posing as Spider-Man pointing at each other. And no. then, um, then we got into this long line, and instead of just driving up to the, the where I usually drop off Fiona, it was like they had us go all the way through the parking lot where there were teachers just in little clumps. Thank goodness they were under tents. I was really worried about them standing out there all day in June. But, um, mm. but yeah, they're standing under tents and, and cheering and waving and, and pointing out their favorite students. and. Uh, it was really nice, and you know, we got to drive by other cars, so, you know, Fiona got to yell at her friends, and one very sweet moment where we drove by and a girl leaned out her window and said, Thank you for getting me through calculus! And, uh, because my kid's awesome. Aww, and, awesome. Yeah, and then there's a big, like, big arch of balloons, and we drove underneath, and then they announced her name really loud. And then we drove forward and the principal gave her her diploma and they were doing a uh, video and taking pictures and uh, you know, for what it was, it was actually pretty cool. And it's uh, great. Yeah. So, so yeah, she graduated and then basically we all realized that, wow, grad trying to get ready for graduation and college and also the state the world's in right now is pretty exhausting. So we just kind of, did very little this weekend. There was a lot of video games, mostly me and Jim playing video games. And, uh, <laughs> and just sleeping. I think you earned it, Mara. Thank 18 you. years. I think you earned it. Yeah. Um, I am, this isn't really ditch diggers appropriate, but it is my writing career appropriate. Uh, I've been, trying to remember that uh, I was diagnosed with ADD and I tried the medicine and it really didn't do it either didn't do much for me or it freaked me out and so I stopped taking it and when I stopped taking it my brain said oh we don't have ADD anymore so I'm going to go back to thinking any problems you have concentrating is a moral failure so there was a lot of self-hate going on and then remembering oh that's right 
But Mer, you still have ADD if the medicine works for you. Because the medicine works for me and I still have ADD. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. It's it's more of, of... For some reason, my brain decided it, it didn't have it anymore. And it, it decided it because the medicine didn't work and I stopped taking it. So I have been doing research on coping mechanisms for ADD and uh, prioritizing and starting to take my meds again this morning to see what happens. So it's a, been a mental health focused weekend kind of um, because it's a real thing. A lot of adults have it and... It's not a moral failure. <laughs> it's not. No, it is in no way a moral failure. And that's another lie that your brain tends to tell you. No shit. So. I mean, the thing is, it's very clearly a lie for your brain. Because my brain, like, when I started taking the medicine and I could see that it made a huge difference, I was like, well, now I should be 100% fixed. And it's a moral failing on my part if I'm mm. not, you know, like 100% completely neurotypical. So it's clearly just brains being dicks. Yeah. They are. They really, really are. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I would like to credit the medicine for me actually arriving here online, ready to record, two minutes before 11. Not, nice. not that like 11.10. right there. You or, are early. Or like 11.15, texting Matt going, I'll be there in a second, or something. So... Yeah, it's it's been child graduation and focusing on my brain this weekend. Lots of big fun. life stuff. That's that's heavy, dude. That is heavy duty adulting. That's like next level adulting. You should I'm get a trying, prize. Man. Yeah, well, it it's it. This has to lead towards writing, or else it's worthless. <laughs> that's what so, the end of the rainbow is. Exactly. It's so writing something. Yeah. So we're we're kind of hoping that uh, I got a little bit done this morning. But uh, hopefully I'll get some more done after we're done talking here. But um, The ambition on you. Check you out. I got a book due, man. I know. I know. And you're going to get there, Mer. I know you're going to get there. Claire knows you're going to get there, too, don't you, Claire? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I remember when you didn't, like, have any deals with, like, any big five publishers. Like, I remember when you were... um, calling your kid princess scientist because she was a tiny tiny human mm-hmm. you oh, know yeah. like I, I you have come incredibly far oh um, yeah that's 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 a definite thing i don't deny that at all wow Thank the you. callback i feel so old all yeah. of a sudden thanks for that <laughs> i appreciate it no it's good to remember these things and it's good that you bring that up um but anyway speaking of claire being here that's my yes. segue that's how I'm choosing to segue. Well done. Not that Very our personal smooth. lives and careers aren't fascinating, but what I find fascinating is what you do, Claire. And I'd like to talk about what you do just a little bit. Just Ted. Um, first of all, for people who may not be familiar, can we talk about what BookTube actually is and what its function is and what it does? And then we can get into how you do it and put your personal spin on it, Claire. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. So BookTube, as you might be able to tell by the name, it's uh, one of those portmanteaus that we have on YouTube. So there's YouTube, and then you'll have, you know, Costube, there's the people who talk about costumes, and then BookTube as the people who talk about books. Costube, um, that's, 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 that's clever. Yeah, there's also <laughs> food tube for food and bread tube for leftist ideology, which I thought bread tube was about bread. What? But, you know, because I'm in favor of both. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> listen, it, it's a, 
it's a joke that if you're like a like a lefty politics nerd will be hilarious but it's some kind of jokes about like you know the history of rising up and demanding bread in the streets and that kind of thing but i just heard that recently and i was i'm sorry go ahead claire no, I just heard about that term recently because I didn't know about it. Um, and I just thought that it was hilarious because there's a legit, like, a very large portion of book, of uh, YouTube that talks about, you know, baking. Yeah. And, like, how to make a sourdough starter. So, like, are it. all the bread makers kind of pissed off that somebody appropriated them for politics? I don't know. <laughs> Because I just heard this and I was like, what? And I have been watching people that are labeling themselves as like that bread tube thing, but I just didn't know the overall term anyway. This is fascinating. We should get back to booktube. Sorry. I, I was just baffled. Yes. You just baffled uh... me. No, I was fascinated. I was, <laughs> I was stuck on food tube because I just thought that sounded like a really aggressive kind of Cronenberg name. And then bread tube came up and that just like expanded my mind into new corners I never thought we'd go to. I too want to know what bread baking tube is called now like what did they have to go with yeah uh but Will but someone no, think of the bread bakers i mean seriously seriously it's you know they're supposed to inherit the earth or something to that effect um but no we should focus on the tubing of the books so mm-hmm. it's youtube but it's about books is that a fair summation claire yeah that's pretty much it i mean it's um just a pretty small niche of YouTube. You know, when people think about YouTube and YouTubers, I think most people will think about like lifestyle and beauty gurus and gaming videos, that kind of thing. Um, And if you think about like big content creators and you think about big platforms and like half a million subscribers and a million subscribers and people who do their, like who make their living through their YouTube videos, BookTube is not really that. We certainly have people who have really big platforms and people who are able to make a full living on BookTube, but it's not most of um, the community. And it's mostly like just a pretty small niche uh, of, you know, people just like talking about what they're reading and kind of chronicling what they're reading. There's um, a number of kind of like classic booktube videos. So for instance, people will do uh, something called a TBR, to be read list, where they talk about what they're planning to read in the coming month. And then at the end of the month, they'll do like a wrap up where they say, here's five things that I've read this month and do like a mini review. You've also got individual review videos. People are doing now a lot of reading vlogs. So like um, slightly more long form content where like instead of doing a uh, wrap up at the end of the month or at the end of the week, they'll like actually go through a week a week in their life and, you know, they'll show you what they're eating and they'll sit down and talk mid reading the book. And, you know, if something, if there's been like a big shocking twist, they'll come right after the the twist and be like, mind blown. Are they like sitting in front of a fire with the book on their lap and they look over at the camera and go, Oh, hi, I didn't know you were (laughs) here. Welcome. Not quite, but there are some people that are really, you know, there's some really creative editing work going on, for instance. Um, I mostly do videos where, like, I have my setup. Um, I have my setup that I use for filming, and I mostly do videos um, where I talk to the camera, which 
generally gets called like a talking head video uh, on on YouTube, and that doesn't necessarily give you the most like freedom with uh, editing. Uh, but then that's also you know. Um, you know, a highly edited video takes a lot more time to make. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And YouTube is kind of, well, YouTube as a platform really privileges uh, bigger channels and channels that release content more regularly. And so on BookTube, you will have a lot of uh, channels that do maybe like um, between like one and three videos a week, something like that. And, you know, if you're going to make three videos a week, um, that's that's a lot of time yeah. just, just filming, not counting like planning, possibly scripting, editing, uh, making thumbnails, you know, rendering and uploading those videos and doing like all the things that go into the process of making videos, never mind publicizing your videos and then like engaging with your community in the comments. So it's really you know it's a much like making a podcast it's it's something that um maybe when people who don't do it think about how you do it they would kind of see like the tip of the iceberg <laughs> right yeah how the sausage is made i believe is the expression yeah so the claire why did you choose video over audio you you as you mentioned you have been listening to podcasts for years and years and years but when you decided to create your own you went the video video podcast route, which I just want to get on my little soapbox here. I know that the way the world is treating language, it's moving beyond whether I like it or not, but podcast is supposed to be a file which you can subscribe to by RSS, mm. which by definition is everything on YouTube. So if you do something regularly on YouTube and people can hit your channel and hit subscribe, that's a podcast. All right. I'm done. Claire, why'd you go for video? Well, I mean, just, just on the wording uh, thing, you know, the reason I'm eligible for the best fan cast, Hugo, which is the one that you guys won. That's right. Um, we it, did. The, that was a thing that happened. It was awesome. Uh, the reason that I... Um, I'm eligible for that is that the actual wording in the award is best audio or video um, I think it's like cast or show or something like that. It doesn't employ. It doesn't use the word um, podcast. I'm not sure, mm -hmm. but it's, it's like fan cast. Yes, fan cast, of course, because that's the name. Um, I've been explaining it to people as broadcast, like audio or video broadcast, because mm -hmm. I think it's really, you know, it's really hard to 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 get people to dissociate the word podcast from just like your podcast app on your phone that you use for um uh for for listening to to podcasts i guess it's kind of um it's kind of one of those serendipitous things where where did it come from that i started doing um video rather than audio um is that some years ago i believe it was early 2004 Four, maybe late 2003 I was um, I was trying to organize uh, a, a blog like a magazine like an online magazine that had like a bunch of people participating and writing articles on geeky stuff and with this kind of thing obviously you know it was just me wanting to do a cool nerdy thing 
and I didn't have a budget to like pay people and I was just asking all my friends who are all writers like hey do you want to like write an article about a cool thing <laughs> uh, and you know it was just like really kind of something that might have been able to take off if uh it had had you know a lot more time and some budget and whatever but as it was like just on your own something that wasn't really the scope of what I had in my head and like the capability I actually had was like really really disproportionate uh, but as part of that project which uh, my partner named many a true nerd my partner who was interested in doing videos said to me hey do you could we start a youtube channel for this thing so we started this youtube channel called many a true nerd and we made some videos like you know baking cupcakes that we decorated like pokemon or something um and then john my partner started making videos about uh video games uh, on it um and then v very uh quickly <laughs> that took off way more than the actual magazine and after a while we kind of like seeded the name and the twitter and all of that to you know many a true nerd the uh gaming channel which to this day still exists recently celebrated its seventh anniversary employs my partner and myself full-time at this point so wow. you know that was great but the thing is um John was really loving making videos and it seemed like so much fun to watch him do it. Um, and so I thought, oh, that is, you know, and I'd been watching YouTube for a while and I discovered BookTube. I discovered that there were people making videos about books. And, you know, for me, all the podcasts that I listened to, in fact, I think all of them except for I Should Be Writing were people in conversation with each other. And I was one person, but all of the BookTube community was one person talking about books to camera and so it kind of felt like as a model if you were a person wanting to talk about books that kind of fit a little bit better um and also 2004 was the year that Worldcon was in London where I live so I went to my first Worldcon it was very exciting and I remember like the first video that I tried to film for the channel that never made it because uh, <laughs> you know I was yeah. not good at it because <laughs> you, you don't start good at things um, and uh, I tried to make a book haul video where I talked about all of the books that I bought at Worldcon um, and that's another staple of booktube by the way is book hauls which is people showing you a bunch of books that they've either bought or like taken from the library or stuff like that um and yeah that's kind of like a combination of finding a community where this content was already happening and thinking this is cool i want to take part um a very prominent booktuber um, that I discovered at the time was a uh, second language speaker. She's originally Dutch um, and and lived in London, you know, and and was talking about books. And I I, I kind of saw myself in that because I'm originally uh, from France and I'm a second language speaker. And I I think for a while I'd been wanting to do something and I thought, oh, but I'm gonna sound funny. My accent's gonna be weird and stuff. Um, and, you know, I saw Sana, um, her channel's Books and Quills, um, and I thought, you know, if she can do it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that that's what happened. Also, I like talking. I thought I'd be good at it because I like talking. That's what my partner <laughs> said to me. You're so good at talking. <laughs> it turns out 
I'm not good at talking concisely. <laughs> I thought that was all very concise, Claire. And like, uh-huh. uh, no, that's great. That's such a good. That's such a good origin story. I like that origin story a lot, and uh, I like BookTube a lot. And one of the things I enjoy, one of the many things I like about BookTube is. is I feel like it really brings that personal experience of reading back to analysis and reviewing, you know? Yeah. And that's something I feel like in, in all areas of kind of review and analysis and, and sort of criticism of books, especially like more what's considered more mainstream, I feel like that's something that it was really or had really gotten lost and it just becomes this kind of objective skewering of things. And I just really love watching booktubers give their personal experience of reading while providing really essential criticism and analysis at the same time because that's totally you know shot through booktube and in, in, in really cool ways but it's just you really feel like you know and, it's, and i think that's true of a lot of kind of you know youtube or video content in its purest form is you really feel like you're connecting with someone over a subject you love which is books you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the main draws of BookTube in terms of like, you know, the way that book reviewing is evolving in in our community. I was on a panel at um, Helsinki Worldcon about the future of book reviewing. And it's one of the things we, we talked about, which is that, you know, if you have a reviewing magazine, you know that it has, you know, a certain like editorial standards or like a stance or whatever like that. And if you're watching a booktuber, those things don't necessarily exist in the same way, but they absolutely exist because nothing is, you know, nothing is like objective. That's just not a thing that exists. Like, you know, everything comes with a perspective and a slant to it and i think with booktube one of the things that is really really great is you see people saying like as you know if you watch a lot of my videos this is a trope that i like this is a trope that i don't like you know you get to see this kind of like (sighs) i watch some booktubers that i'm like i love your videos because i love the way you talk about things but we don't at all read the same like subgenres of books right? right um and I watch uh, booktubers where, like, we read the same subgenres. I don't tend to like things that they've liked and vice versa. But, you know, what they're saying about their um, their point of view on a thing, because I know, like, where they're generally kind of, you know, located, you know, because I know what kind of things they normally like, even if we're not standing next to each other, like we read the exact same thing all the time and we have the same opinions, you know, I know what they're about because I've been watching them a long time. And that really just helps inform like how, how you feel about books that they might've, that they might be reviewing. Well, you can no, also absolutely. appreciate you can also appreciate someone's commentary even if you don't like what they like. I have a friend who's a complete and utter cinephile, and I know for a fact that if they like if they love a movie, I'm gonna hate it because <laughs> yeah. in like in the past, every single thing that that we've had opinions on, we've been the opposite. But they are extremely smart, and I love seeing them talk about movies, mm. even though I may disagree with their personal preferences i know that that uh it's enjoyable to watch them talk oh yeah well that's the other thing yet another thing i love about book two too is that is that the uh, the different perspectives that you get and i feel like within the book two community in particular 
you get to hear from so many people and about so many books that you probably wouldn't get that kind of perspective or hear about those books in more mainstream uh, markets. Even what we think of as more mainstream, like within the niche that is science fiction and fantasy. And I feel like booktubers are bringing so much freshness and, so, and, just, and just letting us know about so many books that I probably wouldn't have heard about if it wasn't for seeing them on booktube. And do you feel like that's a thing, Claire? Do you feel like you're getting much, much more of a wealth of diverse perspectives in booktube than you are in a lot of other critical avenues in fiction? Well, I mean, yes and no like it depends um i would agree with you i think booktube when it started something like you know eight years ago seven eight years ago something like that was very focused on young adults uh young adult literature and certainly that has diversified in terms of you know what people are reading i see a lot more people now talking about uh you know um what might be classified in a bookstore as just general fiction or SFF or romance. Uh, you see a lot more adult as well as young adult. Um, in terms of who is on booktube and what voices are being heard, um, there is, you know, it's un unlike a medium like uh, a magazine or something like that, you know, because it's something that you can do yourself the barrier to entry is somewhat lowered. However, it still exists because you need something to record on. It could just be an iPhone, but you still need to have that. You need to have a computer. You need to have, you know, um, even if you use the basic editing software that comes with your computer, you need to have the time to, like, figure out how to use that. You know, there's there's a lot, of course, you know, um, there's a lot of things that someone needs to figure out before they can make booktube videos, but but people are making them, you know, um, uh, from all walks of life. It's just then a question of whether YouTube is helping them um, <laughs> come oh, to the fore. Yeah. The yeah. YouTube algorithm is, uh, <clears throat> I believe the technical term is fucked. Um, <laughs> the YouTube algorithm really, really privileges um, really large content creators people who are able to make videos every single day you know youtube channels from uh tv networks and places like that that have and the same thing is true in podcasting right like big networks that suddenly start putting out a podcast they're gonna get recognized in the apple podcast um listings or whatever and it's the same on youtube you know um so it is really hard when you come in and you just start to get discovered. But then, you know, um, <laughs> the same kind of things that are at play in the world in general will be at play in BookTube. So um, we've heard a lot recently uh, from black booktubers talking about how much more difficult it is to get discovered for them and how slow their growth is compared to white booktubers and it's the same over book Instagram for instance as well right. and you know of course there's the incredibly painful thing that right now with the discussion that we are having globally uh, over police brutality and Black Lives Matter Black booktubers are getting more uh, people subscribing to them and discovering them and talking about how painful it is to them that the way that they can grow is uh, for somebody to ha have been murdered. Many yeah, people, right. in fact. Um, so that's really, you know, <laughs> um, 
and booktube has this problem as well that i think we can see in in uh, sff fandom you know when you see somebody saying like but conventions we're all fans here yeah. so we're not going to have any problems and you see the same thing with booktube where so like booktube is a lot about community and about talking to each other and being friends and all of that and this community it just doesn't work the same and it just isn't the same kind of like warm embrace for everybody uh and so we've seen a lot of um there's there's been a lot of really insightful really incredible content uh coming from black booktubers recently and saying like hey you guys should be listening the rest of the time when this stuff isn't happening and it's not black history month and certainly that is something that like as you know for me as a white booktuber i know that i need i can absolutely do better on and i i need to do better on but it's just a you know with the general with what's going on in the world right now uh certainly diversity in booktube is something that a lot of people are looking at and uh, there's some people trying to do the work uh quietly there's some people showing their entire butts <laughs> uh, <laughs> there always are yeah yeah and, you know, you have some people, uh, you have kind of like the gamut, right? Like, <laughs> you have some people that don't want to say anything, and then you have some people that do try and then put a foot in a mouth. I, it's just, but you kind of have to try. <laughs> so. No, we all, we do all have mm. to try. We all have to do the work. And that, that idea that you should be paying attention to black creators across all mediums, you mm. know, outside of global protests going on, or like you said, black history month is, is definitely prevalent in every, in every media, every creative medium we have and, and a very important thing. Well, but I should point I, out, uh, I should point out, you said, like you said, uh, I, I just want to say, you know, um, I am literally repeating the things that I've heard black creators say, because I, wanted to make sure that I listened uh, oh, and if anyone is interested I've got some lists of black booktubers and some lists of uh, black creators speaking out specifically on this that I can uh, give to uh, you guys to put in the show notes but great. yeah I just, can you can mm. you tell us a couple of your favorite yeah so if you are interested in SFS specifically there's a, a few channels that uh would be awesome I think uh, the first one that I want to talk about is Onyx Pages the presenter uh, on that channel is called Jerry, and she talks about uh, Afrofuturism and African Futurism which uh, is you know something that I've read a bit of but I don't really know it very well and she does so she does a lot of really incredible critical analysis uh, I love listening to her because she just goes pretty deep into issues and uh she will very often point out stuff that i have not thought about so you know uh, she is uh, a great one to try uh, and then there's also uh jesse over at bowties and books and they review uh pretty widely not like just sff but a bunch of other stuff as well jesse does a uh reading game that I really really enjoy where they pick uh, what they will be reading for the month with like a deck of cards. Reading games is a new trend on booktube that's been going on for a couple of years now where um, people use whatever game they can think of to 
pick what books they'll read that month. There's a uh, booktuber who picks using a wheel. Uh, that's Cody over at Cody's Book Corner. Uh, and, you know, the wheel has a bunch of categories on it. And if it falls on, you know, latest book that you've bought, you have to read that, that kind of thing. Um, like I said, Jesse over at Bowties and Books, they use a deck of cards that they've made with a bunch of prompts on them. Uh, and then uh, there's Becca over at Becca and the Books, who does something called the Bookopoly, which is a Monopoly board with book um, with book prompts on it. And I started doing something earlier this year where I roll dice to pick what I'm going to read. So it's basically like inspired by D&D. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, sometimes it gives me way too many books to read. So that's fun. <laughs> but uh yeah i just say i love the danger element the element of chance being added to the equation it's good stuff yeah well the basis of it is i have this many books that is kind of my baseline average to read every month and then i roll i roll for constitution to see if i'm feeling up to a challenge and then i roll for initiative (laughs) to see if i'm gonna have a bunch of reading prompts oh that is awesome and i have a random encounter table of reading prompts (laughs) with like 100 reading prompts or something (laughs) So um, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, to get back to um, uh, Black Booktubers, there is uh, a list that I can give you of both Black creators speaking up about their experience on Booktube, as well as just in general, like a, an amazing uh, playlist that someone's put together that's got like 99 or 100 uh, Black creators on YouTube. And they're just like, regular YouTube videos that aren't about race, you know, like it doesn't necessarily have to be a diversity panel. They can also talk about other stuff like the rest of us get to do because of our privilege. So um, there's those two different things if people want to check them out. Uh, And yeah, there's also been a lot of talk recently about, you know, um, companies, companies showing their asses, uh, which is unsurprising. Like, Not at all, yeah. Like who specifically? Uh, well, I mention it because it's a thing that is going to come up if you watch that uh, playlist of Black creators speaking up. Um, there's a company called Book Outlet, which sells like super discounted books, uh, which, you know, I've always thought they were a bit sus because for selling books at like $3 or whatever, I'm always thinking like, how much money do they give the publishers and the authors for this? Um, but they were very popular on BookTube because, you know, um, it, it is a real legitimate problem that books are expensive and not everybody can afford to buy them. Um, so Book Outlet had this thing called uh, uh, the the Vlogger Friends program. Uh, and basically it was like, a bunch of white people and then like one black woman um and they they got called out on it why aren't you adding more black people and after ignoring people for a while they came out with well you know we want family friendly content oh, and no. whatever so it's basically like wow. and and you know some of the people on that list uh are white creators that swear a lot and somehow mm. that's fine, you know, and it was just like, yeah, it was really bad. I mean, some companies have not done great with diversity in the past, um, like Book of the Month. But then in response to being called out, they've said, you know what, here's a plan that we're going to do. And they've put steps in place. You know, they've said, here are some steps that we're going to do. And if we don't do those steps, then like 
then please feel free to like call us out and stuff. So, you know, it's not good that they had to be called out in the first place, but certainly if your answer is going to be like, hey, here's some steps that we can take to do better, um, then that's that's a that's a bit more, you know, hopeful and a bit... Le- <laughs> anyway, uh, Book Outlet now doesn't have any vlogger friends because... Uh, <laughs> everybody who worked with them has terminated their contract because they were being very racist. So that was quite good. Wow. (laughs) That is some powerful shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that was... I was very um, happy and relieved to see that that's kind of how it went and that uh, everybody's you know stood with each other i will have to say like this is you know a lot of booktubers in the states who cover a lot of still a lot more ya because the niche of booktube sff of specifically talking about adult science fiction and adult fantasy is quite a bit smaller than general booktube and so like this is not something that i'm personally included in because like i have you know five thousand subscribers and that is much less than the people um involved in this kind of stuff and and working with companies but yeah there's definitely issues where you know (laughs) i mean a booktube just historically like you know publishers invited booktubers to interview michelle obama but didn't invite a black person to do that you know that wow. kind of stuff so you're like maybe someone could have thought for two minutes yeah um but yeah it's 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 it just is exactly the same thing as everywhere else uh and that's how you know that it's systemic everywhere yeah yeah no there are there is no structure without structural racism mm-hmm. it. it's 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 absolutely prevalent everywhere so we talked a little bit about the way forward on that and, and things we can do as privileged creators to help with that. Is there is there anything else you like? Are there other things you think need to change with BookTube going forward, or do you see do you see a better path forward for BookTube, uh, even dealing with the the limitations of YouTube's algorithm and people's perceptions and all that? I think it's really just up to white creators to look at how we've been doing things and kind of take stock because we know that all of us, you know, we, you get people up in their feelings about, but my intentions were good. We know how this works, that our intentions don't really matter. But we also know that um, we can put, books by people of color and books by black authors on our like anticipated lists as much as we want but we need to be reading those books we need to be talking about those books and we again know that in the publishing industry there's a lot of issues with what book gets a marketing campaign we know that if we don't pay attention to it you know we know that if we stay in kind of a neutral mode the fact that we are in a racist society and that we were you know conditioned that way means that we are going to end up making racist choices there's not really another way to put it you know like you tell yourself oh well i want to read this many books by people of color this year and then you kind of just read what you want to read and then you look at it six months later and you're like well that's a lot of white people (laughs) you know and that and when i say you i mean me by the way i want to be very clear that you know i'm not just wanting to throw shade on other people i'm just saying like 
for me, the way that I'm going to move forward is I'm going to have, I, I want to keep an eye on what I'm doing a lot more consistently. So for instance, the game that I was talking about where I throw dice to pick my reading, like that's fun and that's getting me a lot of views, but that also kind of means that I'm picking things kind of like when I'm recording in a bit of a rush and that I'm, you know, um, maybe putting like 10 things on my list for the month. And if I start, if I look at it when I'm done recording and I'm like, that's overwhelmingly white, it's then hard to correct that because, you know, there's been too much. So, I mean, I'm kind of thinking, you know, Basically, what I personally need to do is not talk about my feelings and like just see where I can do better. And then, and and that includes for me reading more books by people of color and specifically by black authors, um, reviewing them, talking about them. One problem that uh, black creators have talked about a lot is that people will subscribe to them because they want to feel like they're doing something. White people right. will subscribe to them because they want to feel like they're doing something. Um, and then we end up not watching those videos and their view numbers end up being a lot lower than their sub numbers, which is definitely something that I've done. Every time I, I see, every time I think to myself, like, oh, I need to subscribe to more small booktubers so that then I can give people shout outs. <laughs> oh, I, I need to diversify my sub feed because you can't, you need to make sure you don't see a wall of YouTube thumbnails with just white faces on, on it because otherwise, you know, it's just, yeah, that's just bad. Um, so those are things that, that we can do. Um, but it has to be, it has to also come from the publishing industry, right? Because we, there's things that we as readers and reviewers can't fix because they come earlier in the process. Right. I think uh, the recent publishing paid me uh, hashtag has opened a yeah. lot of eyes mm -hmm. to uh, yeah. just how much black authors are not getting paid. I mean, people are shocked to their core that N.K. Jemisin got $25,000 per uh, Broken Earth series book, which is, considering how big those books are, nothing. And Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I think also a lot of people who were responding to the hashtag on Twitter didn't really understand how advances worked, because I saw her saying that, and I was like, Number one, that is appalling. Number two, wow, she must have made bank on uh, on royalties. Oh yeah, I'm yeah, really that, that glad is the... that she did. Yeah, that but is I'm... the one good thing about, about low advances is you earn out mm -hmm. fast, and then the royalty checks come regularly. Mm -hmm. Which she said, actually, she said she yeah. prefers a lower advance um, because be she can cool. count on the royalties. But still, that doesn't it, it doesn't change the fact that mm. you know. For for those of us, for, for not those of us, for people just starting out, that advance has got to help them buy groceries. You know, yeah, once yeah, you start totally. making royalties, the money comes in regularly, and so, yeah. you know, you're making lots of royalties on your last five books, and so the next advance, you know, it'd be, it'd be nice if it was big, but you're, you don't need it to eat. But if it's your first book, then you yeah. probably need it to help cover some stuff. And so, um, it's it's just... Yeah, it's it's like when when people were faced with those numbers, 
I think even publishers were like, oh, there's our dirty laundry right there. And I didn't even know it was that dirty. Yeah, no, for sure. That's true. And I mean, N.K. Jemison even said that she had to keep her day job for quite a while because of that, you know. Um, and yeah, it's just like the kind of the, the I think it's just really when you can see that it's every single person, you know. Yeah. Claire, thank you for list, uh, listing all of those uh, pe other people we need to check out. Uh, here's here's the embarrassing question. Did we actually say the name of your channel? Yeah, so my channel is actually named after my full name because um, I can't remember why I made that decision a very long time ago to just call it Claire Russo instead of, you know, various names to do with, with books or reading. Probably couldn't figure out something and so just put my name on it. Over the last few years, I've seen a lot of people moving back from, like, a um, channel name, or if you want to go that way, a brand name that is uh, something book uh, or something reading or whatever with their first name to something that includes their full name. Uh, and so every time I see one person do that, I feel very vindicated in my original choices that I can't remember where I made them. <laughs> <laughs> but you did it first. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of weird because uh, when I got the the Hugo uh, nomination, they were like, so how are we going to put this on the website? And it was just like, Claire Russo. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's, it's a category for a work, not for a person. So it was a little bit like then it had to be Claire Russo's YouTube channel. Yeah. You know, and it was just a bit like, oh, I wasn't really quite sure how to... Um, how to put it anyway um i think what i haven't mentioned is probably what most people who listen to uh you guys might be interested in on my channel which is that i do a uh monthly ish usually monthly um news show about news from uh, the world of science fiction fantasy and fandom um so it's got like book announcements and announcements about you know f film or tv adaptations things like that i talk about awards and i talk about what's going on uh in in publishing um and it's um usually about like 10 15 minutes uh Every month, I say that's probably 15, 20, but you know. Um, so it's a news show that I do monthly. Uh, I didn't do one last month because everything exploded, but I'm, so I'm gonna do it like a big bumper edition um, sometime in uh, late June. Are you gonna have a lot of support? Do you definitely don't have, you're not gonna lack for material. No, no, no. I need to still script most of it, so that's fun. I was just saying, we should try that sometime, Mer. We should try that whole script thing. Scripting that whole pre plan thing. ahead of time. Yeah, where you don't stumble over your words and say, um, and have the, the long pauses. Yeah, that should be. But then that... we, we lose the charm of what we do, really. So it's a terrible idea. Honestly. I just I mean, love I how saying... we say our unprofessional fuck ups <laughs> are charm. <laughs> That's branding, Mer. That's marketing mm -hmm. branding. <laughs> and that's a whole other episode in and of itself. But mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's the only love... show that I do that's actually scripted because it's like a news format. So I try to go very much for like here's the news. Right. <laughs> but and, you um, know, you're, you're reporting on facts. You're not just free four minutes. So it's probably yeah, good exactly. That you write, write some things down. 
and you know, I want to make sure that like I usually will talk about some new book covers, for instance, and I want to make sure that I remember to say the illustrator because, uh, <laughs> yeah. The amount of time that something, a book gets like a cover reveal with a exclusive extract and like Entertainment Weekly and they don't fucking name the illustrator. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, so I want to try and make sure that things like that I don't forget, you know, like publication dates and whatever is just easier to have it all written, written down. And then I... Um, you know, I spent so long researching it and writing it that when I come to record it and it takes 20 minutes to record something that it is down to 15, I feel like such a badass. Normally it takes me very <laughs> <than> that. <laughs> yes. Well, Claire, is there anything else you wanted to bring to our show? We're going to need to wrap up. I don't think so. Okay. Um, I feel like maybe I haven't talked very much about how it is that we make videos, but it didn't feel like the most appropriate thing to be discussing right now, to be yeah. honest. No, yeah. I think you put the that If anyone has questions, please hit me up on Twitter. Yeah. Claire Russo on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Um, well, you know, it's, it's shit's happening right now, and exactly. it, it's if you're not even mentioning it, it's <laughs> you're just hiding your head in the sand because, it's, like you said, it's systemic and it's affecting every single thing right now. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we will have links to your Twitter and your uh, BookTube account, and we are so excited for you for the Hugo nomination, and I'm really really sad that you won't be able to go to new zealand i didn't know whether you're planning on it or not but now you definitely can't so uh i i'm sorry that that your first uh booktube nomination happened the year the hugos were virtual but i will be there in my fancy pajamas uh ready to toast you on hugo night I will be there because I'm a night owl anyway, and the ceremony starts at midnight UK time. I know, so I'm, I'm like, so oh, this sorry. <laughs> My other friends who have to be there from the UK, who go to bed at a reasonable time, were a bit bummed about that. But yeah. I'm just like, oh, I'm embracing my true form. Excellent. <laughs> That's good. It's a metaphor in and of itself for the whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Uh, if you want to learn more about me, you can go to Merverse.com where you can see my uh, the blog and Matt's show notes and uh, all the books that I write. And Matt has a book coming out in, what, 37 days? Something like that, yeah. Very, very terrifyingly, frighteningly soon is the way I've been categorizing it. But yeah, Savage Legion comes out July 21st. I'm doing a virtual online tour type thing in support of that, which starts July 7th. And hopefully by the time this posts, the schedule should be up on matt-wallace.com. And you can find me on Twitter at mattfnwallace. That's right. And we'll be doing a live crowdcast for that. Is that is that public yet? Can we say that? Uh, it will be It will be by the time this episode drops. Yeah, we're okay. doing a Ditch Diggers. Ditch, that's going to be my official launch event, Mer, as our, as our Ditch Diggers Ooh. crowdcast uh, drink-along that we're going to be I'm very, doing. very touched that, that you want it to be with me. It's, 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 it's always fun to spend our birthday together, even though that's four days early. So uh, it'll be awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. And no one else I'd rather share this with, Mer, than Aww, you. Aw, dude. You're the best. Claire, thank you for being on the show. We hope that when the world is stopping being on fire, we can have you back. And maybe we could talk a little bit more about how one does a booktube. Video. 
does a booktube video thing <laughs> on the on the YouTubes <laughs> and connected to the Facebooks and uh-huh. uh, yeah. You're trying, Mer. You're really trying. That's, that's <laughs> Do what not fucking give me credit for trying. <laughs> Do not give me a participation trophy. It was ironic. It's okay. Claire, thank you for being on our weird show. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. You can support us at patreon.com slash mightymer. Ditch Diggers! Theme song by Devo Spice. DevoSpice.com